Hey, praise God, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland podcast. This is Pastor Tim McLaughlin, and uh, just love when I get to sit down and share some things that the Lord's laid on my heart. Uh, we used to do these live uh, from churches and try to record them, and uh, it just the the recording was not always that great, so that's why we started doing them after I preached them, and I would just preach this, the the thing from my desk. And usually it's much, it's better because uh, I don't get as easily distracted as sometimes I do um, when I'm in churches, but uh, we're just excited that you would follow along on our podcast and join us. I was recently uh, thinking about some things and um, you know, just thinking about all the miracles that, that God did and and during that, I, I, I got to thinking about the first miracle that Jesus did, um, the, where he turned the water into wine. And I got to read in the story, and I'm going to read it to you here in just a second. And some things really just jumped off the page at me that uh, I thought were quite interesting. And so I hope you're blessed by this message today. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and, and go to John chapter 2. And let's look at the, uh, the very first miracle that Jesus performed right here in John chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. If you're driving down the road like I often do when I lift into podcast, you just listen, I'll read, and uh, and uh, we'll, we'll keep you up to speed here. So John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. It says, On the third day there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and they ran out of wine. The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does that your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to do, do it. Now I'm going to pause right there. Verse number five is one of those verses that you need to just memorize. You need to, you need to put that, uh, man, first and foremost, I, in my Bible, you know, when you go from Malachi to Matthew, and then there's that little space right there, and there's some page where it talks about the, the this is the New Testament. You might want to just do that. Write that scripture down. Whatever he says to you, do it. And then for the next uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, even in Acts, wherever you see red letters, you just need to do it. If Jesus tells you to do it, you just need to go ahead and do it. Okay? You're never going to go wrong doing what the red letters tell you to do or not to do. Verse number six says, Now there were set six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out, now take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior you have kept the good until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifest his glory and his disciples believed in him. So again, 
This was the first miracle that Jesus did. And there's so much symbolism in this passage of Scripture. I mean, we could teach on this for for days and days, and I'm going to try to keep on topic so I don't make this podcast too long. But the first thing we need to notice is that this wedding, uh, this, this first miracle rather, took place at a wedding. Throughout the Bible, we see so many references to weddings. Understand this, that the Lord Jesus is our groom and we are his bride. Isaiah 54, 5 says, For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and the Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. So we see right off the bat, the very first miracle that Jesus did is at a wedding. The next thing we need to understand is this, the very last thing that's going to take place is we, the bride, are going to be united with our bridegroom. When the rapture comes, when we're standing before God, we're going to be united with with Jesus Christ. Jesus talks in Matthew chapter 24 about this great wedding. Uh, And again in Luke 14, the great banquet, but he talks about this wedding. We need to understand that, that just like a husband and a wife get married, it is till death do us part. Divorce was never in God's plan. Marriage is sacred. So God often refers to, when we're talking about our relationship to Him, as a wedding. It's not something that we should jump in and out of. Our salvation, our relationship with Jesus is not something we should jump in and out of. It is something we should stay firm in for all the days of our life. The second thing that I find interesting here again is what I was just sharing with you, that Mary says, whatever He says to do, do it. See, true faith wants only the will of God to be done in our lives. So if you have true faith, you want to know the will of God. I hear people all the time say, well, let God's will be done. Well, we should know what God's will is, and we should be praying God's will. Well, how do I pray God's will, Pastor Tim? You pray God's word. God's word is God's will. And so whatever he says, not only the red letters, but if it's in the Bible, if it's God in the Old Testament, he's saying to do it. God's word does not change. We need to stick to what the word of God says. The third thing that is interesting here, and this is what I really want to talk about, is that Jesus used vessels that were set up to remove the dirt from the, the, those that were coming to this wedding from their hands and from their feet. Jesus used pots that were used for cleansing to make new wine. The Bible says in verse 6, Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification. So let's talk about vessels of purification. The pots that Jesus used to do his first miracle were pots used to cleanse people. According to Mark chapter 7 verse 4 uh, chapter Mark chapter 7 verse 4 the pots were used for cleaning the hands and feet of guests before they ate. The pots in John chapter 2 would have been dirty basins full of filth from those that would have come to the wedding. Now think about this. We don't know exactly how many people were at the wedding, but there must have been more than they had assumed because they ran out of wine. So let's just say, for example, I don't know, 100 people 
come to this wedding. So you've got 200 hands and 200 feet that would have been washed in these pots that were set, the, 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 the six water pots that were set off to the side for them to wash in. Think about how much dirt, how much sediment would have been at the bottom of those pots. Think about how filthy those pots would have been. The other thing that you need to think about is this, that is they're washing, as they're sticking their hands, as they're taking water out to put on their feet, how much that water would have splashed out all over the place and, and, and splashed from pot to pot. So these basins would have been just filthy. Uh, when we think about this wedding, again, understand that all humanity has been invited to a wedding. Matthew 22, verses 2 through 3 says, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son, and he sent out servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, but they were not willing to come. You and I have been invited to the wedding of the king. And in order to come into the wedding, we must be made pure through the blood of Jesus Christ, the washing of the word. The reason not all of us make it is because many have chose to remain vessels filled with water and dirt instead of being transformed into new wine, new creatures. The wine represents the Holy Spirit. Throughout the, the scriptures, we always see where wine represents um, the Holy Spirit. On the night that Jesus was betrayed in Luke chapter 22, verse 20, it says, likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Jesus was prophesying of his own death and of the new covenant here in Luke 22. But then in John 19, 34, it says, but one of the soldiers who pierced his side with a spear, and it says, immediately, Blood and water came out. So Jesus here in Luke 22 is prophesying of what's going to take place, the new covenant in his blood, which was going to be shed. In John 19, we still see this coming to uh, this, this, this prophecy come to pass where the soldier pierced his side and his blood and the water poured out. The new covenant is the promise of the Father that he would no longer require the sacrifice of animals for him to draw near, but there was the blood of Jesus. We no longer need to sacrifice goats or, or lambs. We have the spotless lamb of Jesus Christ whose blood was poured out for you and I. So the first miracle of Jesus turning water into wine is replica of the dirty vessels which were intended for purification. You and I were never meant to remain filthy. Jesus' last miracle on earth was turning filthy vessels, you and I, into new creations and filling them with His Spirit, which is the new wine. So the first miracle, Jesus turning water into wine using dirty vessels, that were used to clean the outward of men. And then the last miracle that Jesus did was pouring out his blood, his spirit, and cleaning the inward parts of man. The Bible says in Luke chapter 5, verse 37 and 38, says, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst and the wineskin will be spilled, and the wineskin will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. See, 
through the purification process of salvation, we are made into new wineskins, and then the Father fills us with His new wine, which is His Spirit. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 15 through 21, this is on the day of Pentecost, and everybody's sitting there and they're looking at the disciples as they're speaking in other tongues, and they're supposing them to be drunk. And Peter says in verse 15, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, but it's what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And in verse 17, he Peter begins to quote the second chapter of Joel, and it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, God will pour out His Spirit on all flesh. God has poured out His Spirit. It's for you and I to receive. See, the disciples were not drunk as everyone supposed, but in order for the people to suppose, it was because the way in which the disciples were acting I remember when I was in my mess, one of my my biggest strongholds, the thing that that held on to the, you know, I quit smoking pot, I quit taking pills, I quit dipping, I quit smoking, but alcohol had a hold on me. I was a severe drunk. And people could tell because when I was drunk, I produced nothing but bad things. I I, I was a terrible person. I was, I would, I would harm people with my mouth. I would harm people with my actions. But today I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon me in certain situations, people perceive me to be drunk in the Spirit. But this drunkness that I now have doesn't produce harm, but instead produces fruit because it's from the Father. What type of fruit does it produce? Visions, dreams, prophecies, healings? It's the anointing of God upon my life, and it's the Spirit of God working through my life that others are touched. See, many are empty vessels and some have water but no wine. God wants to turn your old, dirty life into a new life filled with new wine so that you can then pour out onto other people and share with them the goodness of God. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20 through 24, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. See, the Lord is looking for those that will put off the old man, the old wineskin, and put on the new. Put on a new man to become a vessel purified with his spirit, with the new wine. So how, how can our vessels of purification receive this new wine? Well, Jesus gave three specific commands in his first miracle that will allow us to get to the place of his last miracle in which we become new creatures in Christ. The first thing he says to them is fill. Fill. John 2, 7 says, Jesus said to them, fill the water pots. And they filled them to the brim. See, we need to be willing to receive all that God has for you and I. So many people are living life as usual with no desire for the things of God or they are content with salvation only and not the fullness of God. Some people get so content with 
Well, I said a prayer, I'm on my way to heaven, but they're missing out on the abundant life that God has for us. The Bible says in John 20, verse 22, it says, when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. This is the salvation experience, the receiving of the Spirit of God. Salvation is not works of water baptism. It's not works of good deeds. It's not works of church attendance. Salvation is making Jesus Lord of your life and receiving his Spirit. But he doesn't want to stop there. The Bible says in Acts 1, 4, it says, And being assembled together with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. See, what is that promise? Well, in Acts chapter 1, 8, he tells them, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. We can't be effective witnesses without the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit is the promise of God. So when we wait and we receive, then Acts 2, 4 says they were filled. Jesus told them, fill the pots. We need to be filled with his Holy Spirit in order to be effective. Those those pots were nothing but nasty, dirty water. But Jesus said, fill them up. Fill them with new water. So they filled them up. Ephesians chapter 5 Verse 15 and 21 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. See, we have to be filled with the Spirit of God. The first step to being a a vessel of purification is being filled with the Spirit of the Lord. When you're filled with His Spirit, there is no room for worldly desires in your vessel. So we all need to desire to be filled with the new wine, with the Holy Spirit of God. Number two, Jesus tells them, draw. First he says, fill, then he says, draw. John chapter 2, verse 8, he said to them, draw some out. See, when we draw from the new wine, which is his spirit, we then begin to walk in his promises. Jesus told his disciples, and you and I, when we take the new wine and, and it fills us up, it purifies us from our past sins. The Bible says in Matthew 26, Verse 26 through 28. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to him, saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood, the new covenant, which was shed for many for the remission of sins. See, the Lord doesn't doesn't. The Lord does not want to fill us with his spirit just so we could walk around without guilt. But he wants to fill us with his spirit so that we can understand who we are in him. So we become more like him to complete what he has for us. That's why Paul said in Romans 8 verses 1 and 2, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. 
God wants us to walk according to the Spirit. So in order to be to walk in the Spirit, we have to be filled with the Spirit. But in order to, to live it out, we have to be drawing from the Spirit that's in us. He never gave us the Spirit to be filled up for ourselves, but He gave us the Spirit so that we would pour it out in ministry to others. See, when we're purified from our dead works, we no longer desire uh, to... to to, to be in condemnation or to, to live fleshly. We want to be different. We want to look different. We want to act different than the world. When we draw from the Holy Spirit, we begin to walk in the newness of life because we're being transformed into His image. That transformation process is us drawing from what's taking place inside of us. It's not that God's wanting us to dress differently and, and all that stuff and act religious on the outside, but when we get filled on the inside, then we begin to draw from that feeling and we begin to act differently. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, But we all with unveiled face beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, we will never fulfill His plans and purposes for our lives until until we are vessels, until our vessels are purified and fulfilled with His Spirit. Then we will begin to draw from His strength, draw from His promises, draw from His His anointing, so that we can impact our future and those that are around us. So we need to be willing to be filled with all that He has for us. Then we need to be willing to draw from His Spirit so that we can be transformed into His image. And then number three, He says, take. John chapter 2, verse 8, the last part of that says, and take to the master of the feast, and so they took it. See, the master of the feast represents God the Father. When we are vessels that have been filled and purified with His Spirit, then we offer our gifts to the Father, and this brings Him glory. The Bible says in Matthew five sixteen. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Our light shines when we walk in the Spirit, not according to the flesh. Our light shines when we draw from the Spirit of God that's operating in us and we begin to operate in the gifts that He has given us so that we can produce the works that He's called us to produce. Our old vessel could not do it but when we allow our vessel to be purified with His new wine, which is being filled with His Spirit, and His gifts are drawn out of us with the new wine to find strength and guidance in everything that we do, we're being transformed. Then He calls us to take this message to other people. That's why the Bible says the Great Commission, Mark 16, verse 15 and 18, He says, Go into the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. These signs will follow those who believe. The signs will follow, but we first need to be filled. Then we need to draw. And then we can take. See, those that are outside the church are dirty vessels like we once were. They're empty. They're without purpose. But... When we've come to this place where we understand that we're new creatures, we're born again, then we need to take what we've learned and then take that to others so that we can then begin to fill up their vessels with this new wine that can only come through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If we would call out to God and have the faith that Mary has, then we would do whatever He says to do. 
then we could know what he's telling us and we will wait to be filled like he told the disciples. Filled with his Holy Spirit. Then we will begin to draw from his Spirit. Drawing from the cleansing power of God and be made new. Forgetting those things that are in the past and becoming new creatures in Christ Jesus. Filled with the power and the anointing to do his will. Then we can take, take all that he's done for us and use it to serve him so that he will receive the glory. He will receive the honor. He will receive the praise. Twelve years of running adult and teen challenges up Cumberland. Over 650 men and women have been impacted by this ministry. Not for Tim McLaughlin, but all for the glory of God. Because I was filled with His Spirit. I drew from the gifts that He's given me so that I could take it to those that I begin to minister to. Will you be a vessel for, for dirt and water only? Or will you be a vessel for purification? Desiring to receive all that God has for you, which begins with being filled with the new wine, which is the Holy Spirit. Notice that in John chapter 2, there were six pots, 20 to 30 gallons each. When Jesus turned the water into wine, there would have been 120 to 180 gallons of wine. What does that tell us? More than enough. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. God has more than enough for you and I and for those that we need to go minister to. But the question we need to ask ourselves are, is, would we come and be purified and be filled to draw from him so that we can then take it out to others? We need to be purified. We need to be filled with His Holy Spirit. Cry out to God today, saints. Ask God to fill you. You say, well, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I've been saved. Listen, if you have, you need to constantly ask God to fill you over and over and over. That's why the Bible says be filled. That, that term be filled with the Spirit means be being filled. It's a constant filling that we need to desire. Remember, the first miracle that Jesus did was at a wedding. The last thing that we're going to do is be married to our bride when we get to heaven. Let's, let's be changed. Let's be transformed. Let's tell others about the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ so that they too can be filled. Father, I pray that you bless each and every one that's listening to this message. I pray, Lord God, that they would cry out to you and that you would touch them and transform them. May they listen to all that they hear from you all that they receive from your word and do that which they have heard and seen. And Father, I pray that just like those vessels that were filthy and dirty, we too are filthy and dirty. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be clean, we can be transformed, and we can be poured out for the glory of God. Lord, I thank you again for this wonderful day. I thank you for all your many blessings. And Father, I give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank each and every one of you for listening. Pray that you have a great week. And we'll talk to you soon.